Hello, everyone. I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Places, everyone. It's time for... The, the Connor and Smith Show. Thank you, Places. Okay, what is our craft this evening, Matthew? Oh, well, it looks like a printed out picture uh, to color of Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Who's that? Um, Abraham Lincoln was a president. Ah. It says from 1861 to 1865. Oh, wow. That's a long time ago. It's a long, yes, long, I know. long time ago. I know exactly who Abraham Lincoln is. So what are we going to do? Are we going to go traditional with the coloring of him? Or should he be wearing different colors than usually? I don't know. I think I think the sky's, Same the, hair color. The sky's the limit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah, I, I'm all for starting this with let's let's try some blue hair for Abe. Let's just do something a little different. What do you think? Yep, I like blue. I mean, it's a little bit of a blue beard look that way. Yeah, he does now look like blue beard. Well, because the beard is blue. Um, how have you been? Good. Been great. I just finished. I actually just finished teaching piano for this evening, mm. so that's good. That is good. Yep, so uh, we just watched the second episode to Ozark, uh, which is crazy. Nuts. Who's watching that? Everybody's already watched it. We're the last of the party. Yeah, well, that's okay. okay. Um, so why are we coloring uh, Abraham Lincoln? I almost said George Lincoln. Wow, Stephen. Uh, why are we coloring Abraham Lincoln this evening? Because tonight's episode is brought to you by Lincoln Logs. Ah, are they a sponsor? Not yet. Wow. Or Lincoln, the car company. Tonight is brought to you by Lincoln, the car company. Or LinkedIn. No, Link, no, uh, Lincoln, doesn't really work. Nebraska. Lincoln. And what else can we can we squeeze out of this? Nugget? Lincoln. Uh, stinking Lincoln. Stinking Lincoln. Hey, I got something for you. Is that a song? It's going to be. There's a stupid Cupid. Is there stinking Lincoln? I don't know. I think I'm, you know what? Maybe I should, should, should write jingles for companies without them asking me. How about you start and with then, ours? And I. <laughs> Our jingle? Yeah. We need uh, a jingle. Well, we've already got this opening music that, that, that's like, Connor and Smith, I said to Matthew when I was in elementary school, because he teaches piano to all these children, and I... And adults. And adults, and I... Mostly children. Okay. So I was given this book of TV th and cartoon and movie theme songs um, to play from, and I got to pick some, and my piano teacher got to play, pick some, and he picked the Hill Street Blues theme. Now, I was not at, probably allowed to watch Hill Street Blues back in the day because it was very violent and everything, but I, I had heard the song before. For those unfamiliar, which is most people... Um, listening i'm sure hill street blues has like a piano sound like a yeah it's beautifully sung like that and i just hated it and all that i could ever hear in my head was hill street blues hill street blues hill street blues here watching hill street blues Hill Street Blues, you're still watching Hill Street. Anyway, I told that to my piano teacher, and um, I think he thought that was quite funny. So Lincoln has something to do tonight because we are talking to our dear friend, Michelle Kenny Erso. And we have met her uh, through my working at the Ford Theater. 
and now she is working for the Lincoln Project. So, hence the coloring of Abe tonight, and the discussion that will take us from Ford's Theater to the Lincoln Project in New York. Um, so, let's all kind of grab our popcorn, our wine, whatever we need to, take a little break, and then we'll be back with Michelle Kinney Urso of the Lincoln Project. I am so excited. So excited to talk to her again. All right, we'll be right back. Hello. Hello. How is this? That's a lot better. Amazing. Because I'm on my desktop and I, I plugged in my microphone. Yes. So I was like, how much better would this be? And like, I'm now I'm very happy. <laughs> this is this is fantastic. So this is when I when we do it again, I'll send it this way. And I'll Perfect. send you a little text like it's it's gone through or whatever. Okay, wonderful. Perfect. And I, I'll be ready to go. Um, I'll be at my desk at like 725 and ready to go at 730. I even dressed up. Like, I feel <gasps> you like... You did? <laughs> I feel like, oh my God, like... I better get out of my like sports bra then. <laughs> nobody can see you. It doesn't even matter. But I just felt fancy. I oh, just felt I love fancy. this. I love this. Okay, you know what? You've inspired me. You've inspired me. <laughs> All right. Well, you don't have to, Michelle. No one's going to see it. Listen, but... <laughs> if if ever there was a reason to put on pants, <laughs> today it's the is to the me. day. <laughs> awesome. All right, All right. Well, I will see you at 730. Sound okay. good? Okay. All right. I'll talk to you then. Hello. 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 <laughs> How are you? I am well. How are you doing? I hear some puppies. No, gosh. <laughs> That's our audience member. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Just trying to avoid a mutiny here at the Connor Smith household. <laughs> these pups have these like four walks a day and... I know that sounds a lot, but then they still even use their pads. I don't know. So <laughs> usually after the seven o'clock walk, we can kind of get them calmed down and do a pod without any kind of barkies. But And then my friend Jay Robert Spencer called, who's going to be a guest on the show next weekend. And oh, we lovely. To, we had to talk about that. And, uh, and you, just, then... you, just, uh, you just revealed a surprise guest coming up. No, that that's not the surprise. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> the surprise is breaking news. Michelle just said, "How are you guys doing?" Okay, here's my answer to how we are doing. Who are we effing kidding? Um, I feel like if I could be in prison with a box of wine, I might be able to handle it at this point. Because, <laughs> like, how are you guys doing? What What do you? I, I mean, wh how are we getting through this? What are you watching? Uh, wait, are you that you're asking me what we're watching? Um. Well, we just watched Ozark. Okay, I have not seen Ozark. I heard it's we wonderful. We just started. We haven't completed it. We've just gotten into like the third episode. So it's funny because I've been very busy, obviously, you know, at least during campaign season, I was very busy. I didn't have a ton of time to watch things, but 
you know, things have calmed down slightly. So we were watching Cheers. Yeah. Um, we're on season eight. Um, I've obviously watched Bridgerton. I've watched a couple other kind of fluffy, um, I, I call them cotton candy shows. I can't even think of They're like on Netflix, like Virgin River or something. Um, the Crown, obviously. Uh, I think I watched Mad Men again. I think I watched The Americans again. So just, you know, anything to kind of distract me from the reality that we are living in all the time. <laughs> I was not a crowner. Is that the right word? Crowner? Uh, it doesn't sound good. It sounds disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So I was not a crown person anyway um and so i thought i'll just watch the first episode and like of like of course i just was like oh my god did that really happen it's riveting and it's so beautifully filmed and i also felt like i didn't have to like really like watch the next one because i really wanted to kind of digest what had just happened yeah yeah um and I remember Stephen would talk to his mom every night for you know for a while, and I'd always that was like my time to go watch. He said, "Oh, you're going to watch The Crown," <laughs> but then I teach piano lessons to like um, most of Northern Virginia, and <laughs> this um, one mom one day said, "Hey, Matt, you love Olivia Coleman. You should watch um, Broadchurch." And of course, I watched the first episode of Broadchurch, and then next thing you know, every night was Broadchurch. <laughs> Um, after that, we started watching Pretend It's a City. Oh, yes. I did watch that because, you know, Fran Leibowitz is everything. So I can't, I, I can't place Make- her where she works. Where, where She's a, a satirist for, is it the New York Times, the New Yorker? I feel like it's the New Yorker. I should know. She seems I, like a New Yorker kind of. That's what I thought. Although it said at one point on the thing that she was a humorist. Michelle, what is a humorist? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this question. I don't know. Uh, well, I feel like I'm a humorist. This wasn't in the readout. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I think a humorist is a kind of like a comedian, except they do it in uh, writing. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Like right now you're coloring Lincoln green. We are coloring. We always do a craft project, Michelle. Oh, I love this. And we are coloring a picture of Abraham Lincoln because we are apparently (laughs) 10-year-olds. Well, listen, adult coloring books are all the rage these days because they're really good for kind of, it's a meditative activity, right? It helps calm you. It's sort of mindless. It's creative still. Yes, we have several adult coloring books we were and that sounded a way i didn't want it to we colored (laughs) we have a titanic coloring book yeah we have a night of living dead coloring book yeah so yeah the titanic one was a little bit more morbid than i would have liked but you know (laughs) hey speaking of colors and i'm going way off subject here but i guess that's my job um isn't there like somebody who announces like what the colors are of the year? And there's a yeah, title? yeah. There, I remember last year the 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 color. I don't remember the name of it, but it was a blue, like a really bright blue. And then, you know, the kind of the year kind of went down the toilet. And I don't know if we've just given up on colors this year. Or if they just are not happening. <laughs> colors are not a thing. <laughs> no, someone put. Someone sent me that uh, thing that said the colors this year are two. I don't know if there's always two. Is like some sort of bright yellow and some sort of dingy gray, and it kind of signifies the hope and the dream of both. Okay, isn't it? 
a pan Pantone or something like that? Yes. I think it is a Pantone before the earth broke apart into different That's countries. Pangea. <laughs> okay. And, and it's not a Panettone that you get at Christmas. Um, Does that have the little Jesus doll in it? No, that's a king cake. Okay. Okay, we're off to a good start. So our guest tonight, I don't think we've even introduced Michelle Kinney Urso with well, the Lincoln Project. Welcome, Michelle. Hello, hello. Okay, now we're going to talk about all things Michelle. Okay. Yes. So, Michelle, you kind of found your way. This is how we build everything full circle here. Mm -hmm. uh, you work for the Lincoln Project now, but I first met you at Ford's Theater. Weird. Yeah. Um, so I was doing a show there and you were dating a castmate. I, and... I was. Not, yes. not during the show. This I dated him after the fact, like months later in the fall of that year i think and then he was like oh we have i have a friend a couple friends in dc i really want to go see and we're going to stay with them and i said okay i'll go and here you here we are <laughs> yeah and i of course we we became quick friends uh the three of us mm -hmm. while you were around and then the relationship didn't work out and you came to DC to kind of just do a visit, get out of the city. Yeah, just kind of reset and recharge and and I remember Sounds like to me the sounds like to me the relationship did work out. It did but... in a lot of other ways and the fact that it brought me to so many wonderful people. Um I you know so many people that I would not have known otherwise um were introduced into my life through that relationship that did not last. Um, but lucky for us, you know, uh, we're here on this call and doing this podcast tonight. And I think of everyone else I know from DC theater, um, you know, Bly Voth is, has become one of my closest friends. She was yes. a bridesmaid in my wedding. So, you know, I, sometimes things don't work out, but on the other side is, is even better things. I remember that visit specifically because Michelle, for we haven't mentioned this yet, I don't think. Michelle is a brilliant photographer. Oh, thank you. And during that visit, and by the way, we could talk about Bly for another hour. <laughs> she gets her own episode. Yeah. Um, she uh, Michelle took beautiful photos of Buddha while she was here visiting. That's our old pug mm. who passed away in 2015. Buddha. And just gorgeous pictures some of my favorite pictures of him and i when i saw her work i was like oh my gosh you you have this perfect like career that you could do that you, you know you have the eye whenever i see someone not everyone who <laughs> starts a photography business has the eye but I, I, we were in need of an extra photographer for a children's show I was doing with a large, gigantic, scary puppet. <laughs> and uh, I suggested that, that to the director that Michelle come in and take some shots and they're beautiful shots. That was at the Selfish Giant at Creative Cauldron, um, God, many years ago, 2009. Yeah, in like um, uh, Falls Church. Or when was this? Was It was 2011, right? I think it was 2000. I don't even know. I think it was 2011. I, I met you in 2009. And, yes, and so 2011 is when I came to visit you. And it's funny because I had always had an interest in photography. So I was an actor for, you know, many years and was feeling myself drifting from that life and was looking for another creative outlet and was always feeling very 
drawn towards photography and kind of being on the other side of a camera looking through and observing. And um, I was working for Lauren Kennedy at the time. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't know who she is, she was a Broadway actress. She owns a theater in Raleigh, North Carolina now. Um, and she gave me one of her old cameras and said, oh, hey, like, I don't need this anymore. Here you go. And so I, I started practicing on that. I had one lens and just kind of took pictures and taught myself how to use it. And so by the time that, you know, I had come down to see you in 2011 to reset and recharge my own self, um, you know, the opportunity kind of presented itself to take pictures of the things that I care about. And that was you guys. And that was like little Buddha. And that was kids doing theater. And, you know, I parlayed that into a business. It took a while to get there, but it was it was the start of a new life for, for me. That was uh, michellekinneyphotography.com is where you can find some of that evidence yeah. there. Yeah, and I don't want to say, you know, when life hands you lemons, you make lemonade sort of thing, but it's very clear, Michelle, that you have tapped into something that a lot of artists are afraid to do, which is, you know, I personally feel like art is completely the difference, the difference between rain, sleet, fog, and snow. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the same thing, but maybe just in a different yeah, form. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to put it. I, I couldn't and agree I, more. Yeah, and it seems like um, your life has definitely been through the same lens, if you will, of what you find beautiful and how you find your artistic life to be a part of that and evolving in whatever that evolution is. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's interesting because I think that especially, I think in, in musical theater and acting, I feel like to branch out and try other things is, at least for me, is such a scary thing to do because it feels like you're leaning into failure. At least it was for me. I was like, oh, if I do this other thing, if I give up, if I, you know, if I, if I present myself as a professional in another way, no one will take me seriously as an actor anymore. And that's really a scary thing. But you know what? I, I think that you can be many things. You don't have to be just one thing. And I think, I don't know if that's just an American way of of living and working, but um, I think leaning into the the possibilities of being more than one thing in your life is freeing. <laughs> well, yeah, because you know when you're when you're an actor uh, doing shows, you're you're kind of leaving the legacy of whatever whoever you're working for. Yeah. But when you are sort of in charge of your name and your branding, you actually get to you get to choose your legacy, and I think that's so cool. Um, what are you doing? What are the most, what are the, what, okay. I'm going to, I want to hear a crazy COVID photography shoot solution. Are there, oh gosh. Are, are we taking, are we taking outside? I'm not pictures? working at all anymore, like in photography. So here's the thing. So, okay. I, I'll give you a short TLDR, um, of, of kind of. So 2011, I was with you guys and I I said, I want to start doing this as a job and try to make money. And I didn't really charge very much money and it was more of a side job. So in those, in those next few years, I got a job as a nanny. I got a job working at a hedge fund for two years. <laughs> I got a oh. job. Um, I got a job. Um, 
doing digital media for a recruiting company. And then it wasn't until 2016 that I broke off and said, I'm going to do this full time now. And so in that, from 2016 until the, the winter, like, you know, January, February of 2020, um, it was, it really took a while. And luckily, you know, I'm, my, my husband is very supportive of me, you know, making this transition financially as well. And, um, it wasn't until 2019 that I really felt like, okay, people know who I am now. People are referring me. Um, I'm getting bigger clients. You know, I, I had shot at the end of, uh, I can't even think the end of 2000. 19. I'm like, what year is it now? I have no idea. What is time? Um, at the mm -hmm. end of 2019, I had shot a book cover for Audible um, and that was being produced by Reese Witherspoon's um, company. And yeah, oh, wow. like, and I had photographed Hillary Clinton. Um, like I was, you know, getting a lot of... Wait, 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 yeah. Where did you photograph Hillary so, Clinton? So again, just weird life that I have. I... I photographed her. I did some behind the scenes photography for now this news. Um, I know mm -hmm. a producer, he, he produces um, segments um, at now this news. And he, I met him at a karaoke bar <laughs> like 10 years ago and we right, and we had stayed in touch and he said, you know, Hey, we need another fill in. Cause they had a full-time photographer who, who does this job for them when they have people come in and do um, interviews and that, you know, he's like, he always, he can't always be available. Um, so we need another person um, and that person would, should be you. And so that was my first job with, with them was that. And I was so excited because as much of, you know, portraiture and family photography and event photography is all very nice and great. What I really wanted to do was photograph the news. And so I had also do, did um, an editorial with Vice News um, at the end of 2019. Vice had um, hired me to do another assignment in the beginning of 2020 covering the Harvey Weinstein trial. So I was like, I really felt like I had momentum um, things were really going well. And then COVID happened. And right. I was like, and I remember that I had a job. I had a job that I was supposed to photograph um, headshots for members of the Australian government <laughs> um, that were in town at the embassy or something like that. I forget what it was, but I was supposed to go do that. And I said to the guy who had, you know, had um, commissioned the job for me, and I said, I, I, I can't go. It's just feels kind of dangerous. This doesn't feel right. Um, and that was kind of the last job that I had had to had to say no to. And that was, gosh, March twelfth or thirteenth or something like that. And I just have not felt safe otherwise to to shoot right. at all. And so um, I don't want to like you know, blabber on and, and drone on and on. But, you know, that that was kind of the last job that I had was I actually the last job mm -hmm. that I had was I'll tell you, I had a couple of headshot sessions, but the last job job that I had was with a comedian named Maysoon Zayed. Um she um she needed new shots, like pr promo shots for her tour. And that was the last thing I did. Do you remember when that was? That was like late February, I think. 
Because because New York shut down before. Oh my God, the puns <laughs> are up and acting a fool. If you hear the tumult, did you hear the um, Fiona album, uh, Apple album, that, that came out during the yeah, quarantine? I did, I did, I do like her. Well, this this sounds a lot like that album with the dogs barking <laughs> in the background. I think we listened to that album like once or twice, and then our dogs started barking. We're like, this is not any fun for anybody involved. Um, yeah, so we shut down down here like around March. My last day of work before working from home was uh, March thirteenth, yeah. and I think there was uh, like that might have been around the same day that Joe stopped going to the office. That was the last time, mm-hmm. and it's a miracle that we didn't get it. I don't know how we didn't. I mean, I think of all the people that I know that got sick in early March because you know New York was just. It felt like we went zero to 100 with COVID. It just felt like overnight, all of a sudden, everybody was sick. And you were just, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I interrupted you. I was just going to say, yeah, can you tell people, I mean, I know we saw saw in the news, but if people outside Mm -hmm. of New York who are listening in, can you kind of just share just a, a, like how, what, what it felt like in New York in those early yeah. days. I mean, I, terrible, of it course, was but really, just from Yeah, it was, was really scary. Um, it's interesting. You know, I'm I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, and I always kind of have my, my ear to the ground when it comes to, you know, news. Oh, there's a virus in China. And I remember seeing the, the videos and the footage of China with the empty roads and the empty streets and thinking, oh, my God, that's terrible. And you know, but that it's not going to happen here. Like it's not going to come here. Maybe some people will get sick. And that's really, I mean, maybe that's just a survival instinct to have that mentality, but that's really what I did think. And then, um, those, that early March, I had a friend who was in the city, I think around whatever the day was of the New York primary, um, presidential primary. I had a friend that was here who's running for Congress and, um, she had, I think they had had to move the location of her fundraiser because the person who owned the apartment had worked in healthcare or something. And she said, I'm, I'm too afraid to expose people to COVID. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> that's, that's wild. Ooh. And I remember the night of the primary, I was walking to the bar and got a text from someone that said, Oh, someone on the Upper West Side has it. There's a guy who has COVID. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So within the next week, I just feel like my Facebook was flooded with people who had gotten COVID, um, people who were having trouble breathing. You know, I've never been so sick in my life. Just It just seemed like I'd, I'd lost count of how many people were sick. And it just happened so quickly. And to know that we were all just swimming in it this time last year, just fe- yeah. in February, we were just swimming in it. That's, I mean, all the bars and parties and places that I, I was you know, going to and Joe was on the subway and going to the office every day. My husband works on, on Wall Street. So, you know, he's around people and it's just a miracle that we, that we didn't get it. But, you know, what from the sickness and, and hearing people that were sick, about a week later, you'd you'd start to hear, "Hey, did you hear this person died? Did you hear this person died?" And it was people that I knew, you know, and older right. people, and and a, you know, a couple younger people. But it it was just mind boggling. And then it wasn't until probably the end of March, early April that the sirens started, 
Um, and that was, right. that was something that to this day, I mean, it is the most jarring. I, I haven't really psychologically or emotionally, I think, dealt with it yet, but the sirens just never stopped. It was from, I mean, it, it was all night, all day. And at that time, I think 800, 900 people were dying a day here. Um, and it's just, it wasn't until mid-May that we felt like we could come out of our apartments again and walk around. And I mean, to be in New York and it's, I, I, it's, it's hard to describe if you're, if you don't live here, what it's like, it's like people can go outside and walk on their sidewalks and go in their yards. Like we can't do that here. Like I have to put on two masks to open my door to my apartment to take the trash out like that. It's, it's that right. isolating and to, and to live in a city yeah. that's so alive full of things to do and those are all the reasons that you you know love it here and love to live here you can't access any of that anymore so it's it's not only just the death of of almost 30,000 people that lived here but also just the lingering sickness that some of you know your friends still aren't better and so it's just it's wild we were driving up 3rd Avenue the other day and uh we rented a zip car and we went, we were driving on the east side and just, there's just nobody on the sidewalks. It's just um, very right. quiet, but, you know, hopefully there is some glimmers of hope, you know, down the road with vaccines and, and things are getting better. So, you know, we're, we're on our way. And you just got your, I your did, I did. I was like, how did were I was you nervous, very nervous or excited only just because I mean it's just a very daunting experience to be ushered in by the National Guard and have your temperature taken it's just kind of wild but um but no I mean I feel fine wow. I had my first shot I had the Pfizer vaccine it was fine um you know it's I it's weird to have a comorbidity and see that on a list of of things that go yes <laughs> I qualify for the vaccine. right so yeah um can you tell us what michelle as i mentioned mm -hmm. in the beginning uh currently works I for do. the lincoln project that's lincoln lincolnproject.us yeah. um can you tell us what brought you there how like a, a brief history of the the journey there and like what it is that you do yeah there. so um i'll try to give you an abridged version um so I've always been very interested and involved in local politics as a volunteer. Um, and obviously when Donald Trump became president, it really changed my life. I made a promise to myself that I will do everything I can to make sure that this, this person is not reelected because he is a danger to us and to our country. And so I just really threw myself into any opportunity I could find to make a difference. And so the first thing that I saw um, that I could I could get involved in was Manhattan Young Democrats, um, which I still qualified as a young Democrat at that point, which I no longer <laughs> am. Um, but I, I got involved with with um, Young Dems and then I did um, New York State Young Democrats. And then from there joined my local Democratic club on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, um, which was a club that was founded by Jerry Nadler um, in 1969 and became vice president and the communications director of that club. Um, 
And then at the beginning of last year, that club had merged with two other clubs to make this big uber giant, you know, New York City club. And so I was vice president of that. And through that, you meet a lot of people. And um, there was a, another young man who was also a member who had gone off to work for Mike Bloomberg's campaign, um, and which obviously ended. And he had gotten a job at the Lincoln Project and had written something on Facebook about they needed communications interns. And I said, I'm not doing anything. So I would love to learn and give me an opportunity to make a difference, whatever I can do. I don't need, you know, I wasn't going to be getting paid or anything. And um, that's how it happened. I just, I applied for the internship at the Lincoln Project. Um, A short while after that, they took me on full time um, as a consultant. Uh, And what I did there was I worked in the press shop and was the press assistant, national press assistant throughout the campaign. And it wasn't until just about, ooh, maybe a month ago, um, I was offered a new job. I'm now a deputy to our co-founder, Rick Wilson, um, and uh, as well as Tara Setmeyer, who is the chair of our transition advisory committee and senior advisor to the Lincoln Project. So I've had quite <laughs> a journey um, starting from intern to where I am now. But uh, yeah, that's that's how it all started. So if, if, if someone's listening right now, Michelle, that is not familiar with the Lincoln Project, um, what would you say the Lincoln Project like stands for, or is there like a motto? Well, or... the Lincoln Project, I mean, started as kind of an idea. Um, it's a political action committee, um, which has evolved from that to a movement. Um, it started as uh, there was a an op-ed that a bunch of our fo- uh, co-founders wrote in opposition to Donald Trump, saying that whatever they were going to do. They, they were going to do um, in their capability and skill set to make sure that he was not reelected. Um, but I would say, you know, it's a it's a movement with millions of followers. Um, we have, you know, millions of followers and supporters who share um, have a shared idea and hope for, you know, to save democracy. I mean, that's for for me, it's a lot of former Republicans, right? It's a lot of former Republicans who run the Lincoln Project and founded the Lincoln Project. And I am not a Republican. So if you had told me even two years ago, hey, you're going to spend 2020 working with a bunch of former Republicans to defeat Donald Trump, I would have been like, what? (laughs) Um, But, you know, I, you know, coalitions, broad coalitions from people who are all over the political spectrum, I think that's how you get things done. Um, And so at the end of the day, I want to help save our democracy because we really are just always one election away um, from losing, from losing that. Oh and it's gosh. very daunting, but it's, I don't know if you've been watching CPAC this weekend, but holy Lord almighty. Um, <laughs> I was yeah. about to bring that up. The golden calf of it all. So if um, I'm, I'm looking on my phone at all of the delicious Lincoln project. Oh yeah. Merch. We got a lot of gear. Mm-hmm. That's fun, but uh, but if I if I if I were to support the Lincoln Project as a mm-hmm. Democrat that I am, I'm really I'm really supporting an organization that really wants America to Correct. succeed in yes. what America is. It's not trying to say, um, do you believe in? Th- yeah, uh, I mean, like it's policy about, is not really yeah. our lane. Um, we are just we are a pro democracy mission, 
and um, we are here to do everything we can to rid the country not only of of the seditionists you know who are responsible for the you know insurrection on january 6th but the entire idea behind that Mm -hmm. which is trumpism right it's a it's a cult of personality and it is it is a cancer on this country and you know i i am proud to work with people from across the aisle um, every single day to do what we can to see all of that through. Cause it's going to be a long, long road just because Joe Biden was elected, which was, you know, the initial, um, the initial goal was goal. right, was to make Donald Trump a one-term president. Um, but now there is, I mean, he's not going anywhere. I mean, this whole weekend at CPAC is, Hey, I'm back baby. You know, like he's making a speech tomorrow at like three thirty or four o'clock or something. So, I mean, there's a good chance that he could come back and be the nominee in 2024. I mean, this is a possibility. So and all of the people who enable him. Right. So it's really um, it's it's a daunting and long road. But but we and, you know, we're ready for the fight ahead of us. And also at QAnon, let's well, here's just another thing not to get too far, uh, too far gone on this. But I mean, we have two QAnon Congress people. Right. I mean, let's talk about how many are going to be yeah. running in 2022. Ugh. Yeah, I, I'm for a second there after Joe Biden won, I thought, oh, man, I wonder what's going to happen with the Lincoln Project. Hope Michelle is still. In, and then I'm like, are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, there's a lot of work to be like, done the, still. The job right. is far from over. So what, so what if somebody wants to be a part or help out? Is it like a... Uh, does it help just by buying a merchandise? Is it is there like a yeah? Um, we did like, actually we just do? set up a new um, website, which it's all kind of been a long, um, quick process, long slash quick. Um, I have actually not even looked at the at the update of our donate button, but um, we, you can donate. Um, we do hold town halls. Uh, we also have a Lincoln Project TV. It's LPTV. We're on YouTube. Um, there's quite a few shows that you can watch and connect with the people who, um, are, you know, have our shared mission. Um, and then also just, you know, obviously there's not as much voter outreach right now because we're not in election year, but, you know, there's a lot that we did during the, uh, um, during the campaign. We had lots of volunteers who were committed to, um, to the mission as well. So definitely follow us on all social channels um, keep, you can keep up to date with us if you can sign up with it for our newsletter, which is all through our website. Um, and there'd be lots of, um, opportunities to connect with us. Well, Michelle, I'm just going to quickly say, I know Steven's looking at me like, <laughs> we got to go, we got to go. We got, we have other things to do. I just want to say from, from <laughs> not at all how I was looking at him, P.S. Oh, oh, okay. Shade, go ahead. Um, I, I know that everyone out there at times feel like they're not doing enough or they wish that they could do more in society and for social mm-hmm. justice and to get engaged with the community. And I just think it's amazing that you have done what, I mean, you kind of like speak for probably a lot of other people. Like, you know, it's like, oh, Michelle's a part of this group that, that did this. And, you know, I myself, as much as I would like to say I marched or I did, did that, I I haven't. And 
Um, so I just think it's really awesome that you're doing this. And just a little yeah. quick question. Do you and Joe work, have to work together we do. in your apartment during the day? <laughs> it's challenging. Wow. I mean, we're very wow. fortunate. We have enough space um, to not totally feel like we're going to kill each other. Um, we were actually talking earlier today how grateful we are that we moved out of our old apartment because our last apartment was kind of a ground floor inward facing apartment with no sunlight whatsoever. I'm like, Oh my God, can you imagine if we were still there? It would be so terrible. Um, So, you know, it's not too bad. We share an office and if one of us has, you know, a noisy call or something, then we'll take it in the other room. But yeah, it's been challenging. And, you know, I don't think Joe is going to be going back to an office anytime soon. I think it'll be maybe even next year. I think office in general is oh, going to be a sure. big evolution. Sure. It's going to be really, really interesting how human culture even shifts um, after after just making allowances for what's happening now. I think there's a whole mindset mm-hmm. of, of change. And if you miss going to the office, you can just watch right. the office. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I'm I'm not someone who enjoys going to an office. I never liked it. I don't, I'm not a morning person at all. So I love working from home and I'm used to it because I've worked for myself and have my own business for so long that I just kind of make my own hours. Not that I make my own hours now, but I there is a little bit more freedom to kind of get up and get going when when you need to. And, and just as long as you get your work done and you know, you're tuned into what's going on. Um, I like that aspect of it. Some And th- can, there's enough structure, but you do have to, I mean, I'm sure you guys know too, you have to create structure for yourself when you're work from home, which is very difficult mm. to do yes. if you are an artist or if you are someone who gets distracted easily. Um, you know, all of those things can be a challenge, but you know, yeah, we're here together. <laughs> I'm, I'm a list maker. I, I, I've got to make the lists and like the daily list, the weekly list. And as long as I get to the end of the week and the weekly yeah, list is yeah, checked off, sure. we're good. You I, know? Joe keeps Joe keeps me in check. But you discipline. Know, he's, he's a doer and he's a list maker and he he's very structured and I'm I struggle with that. So he he keeps me in line, which is really good. And I appreciate that. Well, Michelle, we're going to take a little mm-hmm. break here. What's going to happen? And I should have just explained <laughs> this to you in the thing, the lead up. Um, what's going to happen is we're going to hang up and we're going to, I'm going to send you a link again. And this time when you come back, there's a oh, surprise wait, special really? guest who wants okay. to talk to you. Yes, indeed. So why don't you just like use the restroom, grab a glass of wine, we will send you a link in just a few and we will rejoin wow, you and our okay. mystery guest. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Okay. So we had a little bit of technical difficulty this evening with Michael. I'm not sure what happened, but when he joined us and surprised Michelle, there was some weird audio phenomenon happening in which, in which, in which, in which, that's what it sounded like. There was like an echo. Um, and so I cut about nine minutes of that out. But at the point that you're going to join this recording, Michael was discussing the fact that he was had lived in New York for 18 years. He's currently now in California. 
Michael, just so you know um, who he is, Michael Lanning, go to www.michaellanning.com. Michael Lanning toured or recorded with Fleetwood Mac, Larry Gatlin, and George Harrison. National commercials include the heartbeat of America. That's today's Chevy truck. That's him. Uh, Snickers. Pontiac Honda. He did two shows on Broadway, The Civil War and Bonnie and Clyde, and has been described as the most soulful white man on the planet. Um, and we did The Civil War at Ford's Theater. That's where I met Michelle. So it was a fun, full circle thing. But the, just for all you audiophiles out there, I know what you're about to hear is is not pleasant to the ear, but you'll see. At the point at which I've started this recording, Michelle and I and Matthew are all almost like in tears with laughter because this echo has built for nine minutes up to this point. Um, so we'll just give you a few minutes of there, the the end of it, where we're trying to basically hold ourselves together. And Michael is a brilliant artist, and it's not his fault. Um, and we will have Michael back for his own episode. And maybe Michelle will be the special guest on that episode. But so here is the uh, snippet I could salvage from Michael Lanning's recording. And enjoy. I will. I miss you guys. I miss all, miss all the uh, hall, all of the East. I miss all, miss all you guys. I know we miss you too. You know, being the, being the, I was, we Stephen about this, about this. I was there eighteen years, and I look back and I'm like, crap, eight, eighteen years. I know it goes by so fast. I know it just goes by. You know, like here we, here we, I'm like, especially with this COVID, with this COVID, I'm like, don't, don't. It's Friday already. Now it's Saturday. It was just Saturday week, the week. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, I come around to nine nine to nine nine. I'm like, I didn't do I didn't do crap today. It's Listen, nine. if we put pants on, it's a win. <laughs> do shorts count? Um, shorts count. Shorts count. Okay, good. If they go over Ooh. the underpants, it's it's a win. <laughs> if, a, if a piece of clothing goes over the underpants, it's a thumbs up. <laughs> over the underpants for the win. <laughs> Um, Michael, Michael, I'm not sure what's happening with our audio setup here. But there's an echo that sound makes like you sound like Fonzo and Lightning. Well, I, I say, I say, well, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite incredible. That's not, that's uh, not a chicken. Do we want to like restart it? Uh, we tried before. I'm not sure what the issue is. I'm just, I'm just there might fault. be. Fault. There's probably something we can salvage, but um, uh, Michael, do you, do you just want to say something in a repeating fashion to Michelle? Before jumping off here, <laughs> I love I love all of you guys so much. I love all you guys so much. Miss you guys, miss you guys so much. I love all of you so much. Miss you, miss you. All right, Michael. We will talk to you soon, and we'll fix it, and we'll do another one just with you. Okay, great. Mish, I love, love you. you. 
Love stay you, Michael. In, stay, in the stay in the fight. We, I will. Uh, every day. Hashtag the struggle continues. It does. It does. All right. Truly. All. Truly. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. 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 God, Michelle. <laughs> um, I don't know how much our listener is going to hear of that last segment. Am I crying laughing? Our, our dear friend, Michael Lanning, um, who's known Michelle for many years, oh. uh, was our surprise guest, but there was something amiss. <laughs> We've got to play it. I mean, maybe a short little segment. No, it Just was like... delicious. <laughs> it's like sorry, Sonic it Hell. Like... We, we, we're trying to get on Jimmy Fallon. Like, we need stuff like this. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I'm so crying. I'm it, crying. He sounded like Foghorn Leghorn. He was, I say, I say, I say, there was an echo that was reverberating and he didn't know it. And he thought, know. you know, everything was fine. Oh gosh, it's so funny. This, oh this is why I felt bad for him because we really couldn't even talk to him very much. I long. know, I do. I feel bad too. I feel bad too. Because I, when I signed on, I was like, oh my God, that's Michael Lanning's voice. And then I was like, what's wrong? <laughs> we'll, we'll, what's we'll, wrong? we'll fix it with him. Yeah. yeah, it, was, it yeah. sounded like he was talking into a tin can. Yeah, really far away. Well, for us, the echo was one of those like annoying like Zoom rooms where you're like, "Who's got three <laughs> right. things open in their house?" Right. That's it. Had the echo too, and then it it was repeating like three times. I think if the, I think if we could be if we could be clever enough about this, Stephen. We probably could take his audio and somehow turn it into a song. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's what the kids are doing on the Tiki Talks. Oh, God, well, I just landing. that tickled me so much. I oh, can't even God. tell you how funny that was to me. <laughs> Speaking of things that tickled you, I saw right before we started talking earlier. Uh-huh. Uh I saw the video that you shared of the singer from CPAC. Oh my God. Singing the national anthem in like eight keys. <laughs> so, so that I'm assuming was acapella, and then the, the pianist guy was just kind I of poking so. fun. I so think this, so. Yeah. This poor unfortunate um, girl is singing the national anthem, and it is just six <laughs> ways to Sunday and modulation and wrong keys. So there's a, a music director who is like split screen, who's like, uh, like trying to find it, finding the keys. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, one time I had a friend of mine who sang, um, well, I use the word friend with a lowercase F, but um, <laughs> a friend of my, a Facebook friend of mine was singing. Uh, oh, at last. at last. Oh, the keys. Yeah. And anyways, I played it for Jenny Cartney. Do you know Jenny Cartney at all, Michelle? I don't know. Okay. Well, anyways, genius, uh, accompanist, amazing voice and she had of, co of course perfect pitch and i played her this oh, clip God. of this girl and she didn't even laugh at it she didn't even think it was laugh she just just kind of listened to it and she said yeah she just changed keys 12 times <laughs> like she just stood, listened and counted the times that she would change well the thing is like okay i mean at last is has has its own vocal challenges but you know the national anthem is a very difficult song to sing sure. Sure. Especially if you're nervous or if you're, you know, in front of a large crowd. Um, <laughs> but I was like, they couldn't find anybody. Did they run out of people? <laughs> yes. True. Hey, Correct. Was Taylor see... Dane not available? <laughs> uh, right. Did you see? No, Taylor Dane went to Margo. That's, I know. I know. Oh. 
did you? Oh, that's right. That's right. Taylor. You just called it Margot. <laughs> yeah, we're on like second syllable basis. <laughs> but, hey, um, Michelle, you yeah. watched the inauguration, right? Uh, I did. Yeah. Okay. So me and Steven are totally geeking out at the concert um, that evening because, oh, so you know, good. it's. You know, it's kind of like four, six miles from our house. Yeah. We know like exactly you can where feel the fire. It's kind of like when you watch um, Pretend It's a City, like you know where everything is right. being filmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when Katy Perry at the very end, I saw it was Katy and I was like, oh my God, first of all, she's dressed like the Snow Queen. <laughs> but I, I immediately I was like, Steven, Steven, they're going to do, do fireworks. They're going to do fireworks. My God, the oh, sound of, of the fireworks. From our home, we could just hear the the drumming of these fireworks. And you oh. know why the fireworks were so brilliant? Why? Because A, there wasn't any pedestrians that, that they had to worry about so they could oh. put them wherever they wanted. Okay, that's a really good point I had not considered. And number two, when you do fireworks in the wintertime, they, you don't get any of the haze and mm. humidity because the temperature is so much colder. Okay. I read that in the post, so it must be true. <laughs> Everything in the thought, post is true. <laughs> yes, thank God. I just thought when I, I shared, I've shared that video since the uh, inauguration, but I thought how, like, you can never top that moment. Oh, gosh, no. In it a was career. so good. What, the fireworks? Just an iconic moment and performance and well, that the production. Backdrop. The production was so good and it was so <laughs> seamless and they didn't miss a beat. I mean, the Democrats across the board have been able to, in COVID times and in post-January 6th times, they've been able to produce some really incredible moments on television from the Democratic National Convention, which was I, I, all work from home people producing yeah. a television broadcast over several days. And to, to the inauguration of Joe Biden... And pulling that off, I mean, it's just, it's astounding what people are capable of. There's so much talent. And I feel like, you know, the people in the party, um, you know, have employed and, and reached out to the very best people. And what a, what a time, right? I just, all of the best people. Only the best people. But really. <laughs> but really, we do have the best people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Really, quite a moment. Yes, it was. Um, wow. So, thank you so much for joining. Yes, us thank you so much, so much for having me. I'm I'm so happy to be here. I love I love the podcast land for you. What a great thank medium you. for you guys. We don't have to get dressed up. <laughs> I did though. I you are well. I'm kind of dressed up. Yeah, we're both dressed up for COVID. I had a five thirty piano lesson. Yes, you did. <laughs> um. But there's so much we didn't even get to. My gosh. I know. Michelle we could talk for hours. Brilliant uh, photographers for our wedding. Uh, captured some beautiful, iconic images from that. Um, oh, my God. That wedding. Yeah. Um, so much fun. That? And also, we never got to Mr. Joe Urso. Oh, my who, husband. I know, right? We had that first date on inauguration. We did. Of we are my first date with my husband. I had. It's funny enough. I had met him. Right around the same time as I met, um, actually, no, I met Joe right around the same time that I had come down to visit you in 2011, mm -hmm. but I was not obviously in a very good headspace to be dating or, and I really wasn't even, I, I don't even think I 
was looking at anybody like that at the time. And um, it wasn't until maybe a year or two later, I was in D.C. And I think actually either staying with you or someone else, I don't remember. Um, and I had written on Facebook that I was going to go to karaoke um, in D.C. And he responded and said, well, I live in D.C. now and I didn't know this. And he came out and did karaoke with me and we stayed in touch and we talked and, you know, we decided to go on a date a few months later and he took me to an inaugural ball. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> My husband. <laughs> but now I need to ask a really stupid question because clearly I have never been. So when you go to the inaugural ball, it's just like basically going to a very, very expensive, fun dance. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about the, there's always like a million inaugural balls on a, in a normal inaugural year, right? There's like a million balls. I mean, how many are there? Like a hundred probably. And there's all different themes and people who put them on and you buy tickets. So we went to an, an inaugural ball for millennials. It was like a millennial ball and there was a band and people were all dressed up and it was fun. It was like a dance. Yeah. It, like a cool dance thing. And it was on H so street. It was like some random warehouse on H street. And so these are, I'm guessing just major fundraisers for the party. and everything, Maybe right? I actually have no idea. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, Joe had bought the ticket, so I actually don't even know who gets the money yeah. or anything like that. But I'm assuming it's probably some sort of fundraiser um, for somebody somewhere. And I just recall being in the Harris Teeter in Sherlington <laughs> with you and you saying, I don't know. He doesn't even know who Judy Garland he does, is. He doesn't. I mean, I think he like sort of knows who she is now. <laughs> Uh, one would hope. Well, I was listening. I don't even remember. I remember I was in his bathroom, like curling my hair or something, and I was listening to, oh gosh, I can't remember her name. It's Judy Garland's grandniece, and I Lorna Luft. No, no, no it's no, another. No. She's like a kind of like a grandniece. Yeah, oh. she's an incredible singer, and now I can't think of her name, and I'm, I'm sure I'll think of it the second we're done. Um, but we. I, I was listening to her and Joe was like, oh, she has a good voice, this this gal. And I'm like, yeah, this is um, Judy Garland is her great aunt. And he was like silent. He didn't say anything. And I was like, do you know who Judy Garland is? And he said, I've I've heard of her. Leave this house. <laughs> and so that's just in a nutshell what it's like to marry someone who knows nothing about theater or show business or anything. And it's, that's why it it, you know what it, it kind of does. I was used to dating people who were musicians and actors and, you know, and none of them were and egos and none of that worked out. So I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm going to try out some nice lawyer man um, who's never seen the wizard of Oz and, Look, and I married him. <laughs> you just Googled Audra May. Yes, that's her. Audra May. No, no, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute, friends. What was that? Now this is just on the Judy bandwagon. Mm -hmm. What was the what was the one of the latest movies mm -hmm. 
with the woman from Renee Zellweger. No, the other one. Oh. Um, the other Judy movie about her last like days in London. Oh God, yeah, that was a show. Was it, was it, was it just called Judy? Uh no, End of the Rainbow. Is that it? Remember the woman that portrayed her, Judy that, Davis. It's uh, was it Judy Davis that played Judy? That's old. No, no, no. Oh. This was this this was a show. It was a play on Broadway, and it all focused on Judy Garland in the months that led up to her death. And she was in was London. The, was the end of the rainbow. yeah, end of the rainbow is what it was called. Yeah. And I, I did they make that into a into a movie? Maybe there was a whole somebody played. Liza, there was a big Liza number, I think. Or am I making that up? No, that's different show. Sorry. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm thinking I'm thinking of the woman who was in Ratchet. That's that's Judy Davis. And what did she do? Uh Me and My Shadows, I think is what it was called. Um I don't know. Uh so the latest Judy Garland film is of course the Renee Zell. Mm -hmm. I have not seen that actually. Um, I, tr I tried, uh, and I love, I love. Her yeah, movie. she's um, wonderful. And there's moments, you know, there's moments, but we have a rule in our home that we do not judge people who live in nicer homes. Mm, fair. Yeah. So if someone wants to say Madonna can only sing seven notes, well, she took seven notes and made it sound like this. Right. <laughs> or a computer did, but right. You know. Yeah. Right. I'm currently doodling on a on a napkin, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, Michelle, thank you again. Uh, we we clearly couldn't talk all yes. night, but we have we have lives to get to. At least you do, I'm sure. We don't. Clearly. I have to get back uh, to CPAC. <laughs> well, I mean, there's the golden calf number coming Good up. Good lord! So, I, you know, you know, I really feel for our rapid response people this weekend having to come up with content to respond to. All of it oh and our ad God. team, because you know the Lincoln Project, we're known for our ad content. Um, our our brilliant I, ads, the people who put them together are just phenomenal and amazing. Yeah, so I, I'm sure amazing. there'll be some content coming out uh, in the next couple days in response to what's happening. So, well, I mean, if only there were a biblical film that dealt with some <laughs> kind of issues of avarice with the golden statue. Oh, oh, but there, oh, but there is. <laughs> With, with, oh, with Charlton Heston. Ah. Ah. So. Oh. All right. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you we both. You thank so you much. both so much for thinking of me. I am so happy to be here. And I, I wish you the very best with your new podcast. And, um, you know, keep me updated to what you're doing, too. We'll keep you in the yes, loop. Yes, please. We love you very we, much. I love you, too. It's so nice to hear your voices. And we have a, we have a little thing that we say at the end of our podcast, oh. right? Yeah, but we can say it in our closing thing that we do. Oh, we have to come back again? Yeah, we do have to come back again. It's endless. Oh, my God. This is exhausting. It's been a long night. Okay. Um, all right. But we'll do that on our own. We'll let Michelle get back to Joe. Um, we love you very much, and we'll talk to you soon. Talk to okay? you soon. Bye, guys. All right. Bye. Oh, that was so much fun. That was so much fun. I feel really bad that we had some audio issues with Mr. Michael Lanning. Um, we'll have to try to straighten that out and maybe get him back for his own episode, because uh, quite a legend in his own right there. Yeah, and then Michelle can pop in and surprise him. Be the surprise guest. <laughs> we'll, um, MichaelLanning.com, Michael Gibbs, Facebook uh 
concerts, I believe, Wednesday evenings, but uh, check him out. He is the heartbeat of America. That's today's Chevy truck. Um, and it was so great talking with Michelle, remembering all those Ford's theater memories. I am looking currently our, at our completed Lincoln. It is quite the unconventional Lincoln portrait, but, you know, that's what we are, quite an unconventional pair of artists. So there's also a little plaque I have. I was lucky enough to participate in Ford's 150th commemoration of the assassination of Lincoln on April 14th, 2015. And they gave everyone who participated an aerial photo taken from across the street. Uh, there was a candlelight vigil held outside the theater while the ceremony was happening on the inside. And I'll, I'll take a snap of this along with the picture. Um, did they reenact bringing his body out? They did not. They did not. They That was a thing. There were all these, you know, when we get to history, there are buffs that go crazy. So there was a procession outward of the artists and we were like holding candles as well. And somebody said, when are they going to bring out the body to me? And I was like shaking my head like crazy. That's not happening. Um, no, they did not bring up the body because it was just, uh, that's what you're remembering though, is that story of somebody saying, when's the body coming out? Like, and I thought, oh no, now he belongs to the ages. There is not a physical body. They did commemorate the moment and lit up the booth at the time, uh, that the assassination happened. It was a very chilling evening, but worth commemorating all those years later. Gosh, that was six years ago. And anyway, you'll see this photo. We'll post this photo on Connor and Smith's page on Facebook. Look us up. Also, connorsmithmusicals.com. You can find out more about us, and the pod link is on there as well. But if you're listening to this, you've already found the pod link, so you don't need it. Um, so thank you, Michelle, for joining us from the Lincoln Project. And... Boy, things are getting busy here with this podcast. We've got a lot of exciting guests. One was leaked out tonight, um, but we have much more coming, yep. and we'll be back at you next Friday with the next mini-sode where we'll tell you who we're talking to next weekend. It's going to be a busy weekend for us. Yeah, uh, Not just one night, but actually two nights. We're filling up quick. So thanks for listening, and always we remember our listener... Turn your heart into art. Bye, guys. Bye.